0: AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word
1: Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. I am your host, Marcus Burgos, and it's my privilege A great honor to be here with you sharing the air and being able to speak to you, you know, and I've told you for the past couple of programs, I'm reading the book of Luke and uh, it is my favorite book so far. Uh, Every every time I get into a new book, I I get a new favorite. Uh, And so, but I really do love the book of Luke and the balance that is there. Uh, Today I'm reading chapter 18 and uh, I just find prayer so predominant in, in that chapter. Uh, and, you know, Luke's chapters are, are long. And I, 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 we start with, with uh, the unjust judge and, and the widow, and she's going before the judge. And, and God says, learn. Jesus says, learn. Uh, and, then, and then we go to the, the tax collector, and he's praying. And he's making this, uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee is praying some some big old prayer, thank God I'm not like this guy. And and, and then the story ends saying, you know what, the tax collector has been justified. Uh, and then we, we look at the rich man and, and the story of, of Lazarus. And uh, please, somebody, uh, send send a message to my brothers. Uh, and there, but there's prayer and communication that is that is happening. That's the way I see it, anyway. Uh, and then and then there's the blind beggar. Uh, this is not everything that happens in chapter 18, but these are just things that jumped out at me. And that communication between us, humanity, and uh, and the divinity of God, either through Jesus or or directly to God in, in prayer. Uh, I just think that prayer is so so important, and it's so much more. I know I know it is talking with God. I know it is communicating, but it's so much more. There's so much authority. There's so much that we can get accomplished when we pray and if we were to pray and if we learn how to pray. And I want to challenge you. Don't ever stop praying. But I would also like to challenge you to take some time to learn about it, uh, how to address God, how to come into his presence, how to, how to talk to God, to get his will done in your life. Because many people stop praying. Because well, he doesn't listen or he doesn't do what I say. And, and that's not a promise that God, that God does not promise that if you pray, I'll do whatever you want because God is not a Coke machine. Uh, God, God is God, and it's for us to learn how to communicate with him, how to get on the same page with him, how to have that communion and that relationship with God. And then once we learn that, then we begin to pray the heart of God. And when we learn God's heart, we will ask for the right things. We will know how to how to pray for what God's will is. And then your prayers will be unstoppable. And so I want to encourage you. Seek God. Pray to God. Talk to him and learn. Learn how to pray. I think it's much more, much more than just speaking with God. And, and talking about speaking, I'm here in studio today with a great man of God. And uh, I want to introduce to you Pastor Wayne Urbanowski. He is the pastor of Leon Springs Presbyterian Church in Leon Springs, Texas, and uh, right up the street from San Antonio, so it's not too far. And so, Pastor Wayne, thank you for joining us today on Church of the Week.
0: Hey, brother, man, it's great to be with you. I love that segue, that focus on prayer. That's uh, something that's grabbed a hold of my heart is trying to be in communication with God through prayer. And and in that Gospel of Luke, as you know, it it, the disciples came to Jesus and teach us to pray. They didn't say teach us to make meatloaf or cakes. Don't teach us how to make this kind of lemonade. They said teach us to pray. They saw something in Jesus that made them want to be able to pray like Jesus. I love that thought. And, man, I continue to grow in prayer just like you. And I'm glad to hear you encouraging uh, the listeners to keep praying, man. And our world needs more prayer. Thanks be to God. We can do it. He allows us to talk to him.
1: It's, it's interesting speaking from uh, from pastor to pastor. Uh, they didn't ask teach us to preach, uh, teach us to hold a revival service or h- how to do a, a, a fall festival.
0: Right, uh, right. They didn't say, how do we have a potluck? The <laughs> disciples wanted Jesus to give them wisdom to pray like him. They saw it in his DNA. They saw it in his being. He's connected to the Father. He's connected to God. And he, he taught them. And uh, we're still learning and we're still teaching others what we've learned. And it's a beautiful thing when you see somebody's heart connect to God's heart in prayer.
1: That is the best way, I think, to be a reflection of who God is. And as a man of God, as a pastor, but not only limited to pastors, and that's where I think we get it wrong. We think uh, you should be a man of God because you're the pastor. Let me be whatever I am, you know, and I'll come to you. But in actuality, we should all reflect you know Matthew twenty eight nineteen doesn't doesn't qualify anybody really. It says go ye, all of y'all.
0: Yeah, it's it's a plural thing. It's not an individual thing. While we do it in individual capacities at times, it's it's the body of Christ going for the cause of Christ and the kingdom of God. And it's a, a it's a response. It's a faithful response to what God has spoken through His Son. Go. He didn't say stay. And many like to stay, but we've got to keep encouraging them to go. And and through prayer, God often nudges us to go to change, to, to be involved in some aspect of life or some person's life, uh, bringing light to their darkness, encouraging them in the midst of heartache.
1: And we need to carry that. We need to have that that reflection of who god is in his love
0: man wouldn't the the world we live in and in, in the community we live in san antonio south texas bear county and surrounding county, wouldn't it be more beautiful if churches and pastors and people that call themselves christians actually did reflect that reflect the the love of god to others man it's a something that we always work at sometimes we fail we get up we get the dust off we repent we turn back but and i i get excited to think about the day when Churches are no longer denominational, but they're just the body of Christ shining his light and love, his grace, his truth, and shining it out there in the world in such a way that others see it and go, we want what they got. What is it they got? And we got a Savior and Lord we're ready to share with them, but often our actions don't match our words. And um, they know the difference, and and we know it too. There's nothing to be hypocritical about. We, We fail at times. The church has failed at times. And humbly, God lets us get up fix our eyes back on Jesus and and give it another go and uh, my experience with people in church is they know all too well their own failures Mm -hmm. what they really need to learn is this perfect Savior named Jesus and as a pastor I know my failures as a leader in the church I've seen churches fail and and what I know is that we've got a Savior that never fails he's perfect he's loving he's good and he invites us into relationship with God the Father what a beautiful gift and it comes to us through grace through grace we can't earn it but us man we're so used to earning everything and, and and it's a gift. It's an unmerited gift from God to us that gives us a, a great relationship with him in this life and in, and in eternity. We get to be with him forever because of that gift.
1: You see, that's why I love prayer. I, we're, we're talking in this in this circle now coming back to prayer, because in prayer uh, you're exercising faith. Right. Because when you talk to God, you have faith that he is you know, like Hebrew right. says, and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. Amen, yes. uh, and, but then you understand how great he is and how bad we are. Amen. Amen. I, I always turn to uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. and in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in His strength filling the temple. But then later on, he says, woe is me. When he saw it, when he had that revelation, the first thing he said was, I'm I'm a dead man. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm an unclean man, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. And you see right away the revelation, the, communi- the, the communion with God caused in him a humility that he wasn't ready. He, wasn't, he didn't go to God and say, look at them. Mm-hmm. Look how bad they are. You should judge them. Those of the other party, you should judge the, the, that, that other church. And look at the way they dress and uh, the songs they say. No. Woe is me. Forgive me, Lord. You know, and he humbled himself. And when we come humbled and we become humble, then I think the love of God can flow freely because I'm not looking at at your differences or what I don't like. The only thing I can reflect is God's love to you.
0: And the last time I checked, that is so attractive. Oh, and the world needs it. We were designed by God to to hunger and thirst for that. And until we quench that hunger with God, with that relationship, with the authentic, real deal, our creator. Um, we're going to just keep searching out in this world for things that don't fulfill it, that leave us empty. And totally agree with you, man, that Hebrews 11, six is God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And and prayer is that it, it, it is seeking him. Yeah. Isaiah had that vision and, and he is on the floor. He didn't come in there with the Starbucks cup and sonic drink like we do in church. Often we come in and, and we're just thinking, I'm so relaxed. It's comfortable. Well, that's OK in your church settings. But man, when you come before God, you are going to be face first. You're not going to be worried about a latte. You're going to be in awe of his glory. And, and that can be one of the attitudes we carry into prayer that helps us to grow like holy, holy, holy is our God. And we know, man, we struggle. We're we're wholly challenged, exactly. uh, and and if we're not holding on to Jesus, we're not holy at all. It's Christ who gives us holiness. It's He who makes us just before God, and it's in Christ that we're able to pray. So we have access to the Savior. We got access to the One who has the ear and heart of the Father, and because of that, we can cry out to God. He'll listen, and He'll even speak back if we'll be quiet we'll and be listen. Quiet. If we'll be still and know He is God, and we are not,
1: Pastor. Uh, we put you on the spot uh won't you talk to somebody about that because i think these words are reaching someone and they they perhaps want to get back and they've heard some grandma prayed for their mom took them to church but they need to have a relationship with god could you could you share with someone today about how to get back
0: man thank you for the opportunity i i, I think the the heartbeat is who are you listening to are you listening to that still small voice inside of you that comes to you like a gentle whisper? Or are you listening to um, the deceiver who's telling you about your false self and making you see yourself through the eyes of an unhappy parent, an unhappy grandparent, an unhappy boss, an unhappy spouse, or maybe even your children that are disappointed you didn't give them everything? But, but what if you quit looking at yourself through the eyes of so many human beings and humbled yourself today and looked at your, uh, yourself through the eyes of God through the gift of a Savior who came full of grace and truth, but came because of God's love for you. He, he came to, to save you from that false, deceptive view of self and to free you to see yourself in his eyes, to, to be his beloved son, to be his beloved daughter, to be the one that he restores to right relationship. And what does he ask of you? He asks you to, to believe the good news. Uh, Jesus and John the Baptist came with the same message, repent and believe. And, and today I would want to encourage you, no matter what you've been through. No matter what lies the enemy has told you, no matter what lies you've told yourself, believe the good news. God loves you. You can repent and turn back to him. You can put faith in Jesus Christ to cling to that promise in Scripture that Jesus said. It's red letters. People pick all different parts of the Bible to help you have faith in Christ. Those red letters are, um, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you sent. That knowing is a living participation in a relationship. And that relationship is through Christ with God, and it makes you right forever. Today, open your heart. Say to God, I want to know you. I don't want to know about you. I want to personally know you. And don't be surprised if God reveals um, the gift of his son and the spirit moves in to help you believe in your heart and profess with your mouth that, that he's Lord and Savior. Believe this news. Believe the good news that's been written in changing lives and bringing salvation to souls for thousands of years now. Even here, even now, it can reach your heart and give you life that is truly life and make you right with God. You know it. God began that good work in you. God wants to see it through to completion. So I just want to encourage you. Give your heart over to the Lord. Ask him to let you know him like never before. Again, there's a difference knowing about him and knowing him. And As you make that commitment, I will encourage you to find a church. Uh, whether it being coming out to Leon Springs Presbyterian Church or going to a church down the street, make sure it's a Bible church. Make sure they're not feeding you culture. Make sure they're feeding you the Word of God. One leads to life and one leads away from God. I want to encourage you to find a Bible church. There's many all over our city, all over our town. San Antonio is thriving with the Word of God and with people of different faith traditions and this city is ripe um, for a wonderful harvest of souls coming in. So I want to encourage you to, to do the next step. One is to believe and profess those things. And the next one is to commit the rest of your life to being planted in a church. Don't be one of those people that bounce from church to church. Be one of those people that puts down roots. And when you have good seasons in church, you're there. And when there's bad seasons in church, you're there. But be rooted in the Word of God with a community of faith and watch the body of Christ grow and thrive around you and grow and thrive with you. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Well, let's take this time to uh, let, let the listener know about Leon Springs uh, Presbyterian. Tell us, tell us about it. I, I, I was there recently and I got lost. Uh, so, <laughs> how do we get there? Where, where are you at?
0: Uh, brother, we are just, um, if you go northwest up IH10 and you go past Fiesta Texas, and I can say this easy, we got women listeners, if you go by the rim and you go past Lock and Terror up IH10, uh, you will find the church. You just go past uh, the Dominion exit, and then there's an exit for Leon Springs. Most folks, the easiest way to say is, if you can get to the old Leon Springs dance hall, you can get to the church. Or, for our barbecue brothers, um, if you can get to the original Rudy's Barbecue, which is just a block away, um, you'll find the church it's between the elementary school and those other two locations it's a small little church doing great things for a great god i like to tell people it's a an imperfect church led by an imperfect pastor in love with the perfect savior uh, named jesus
1: yes amen aren't we all and i think it's a shame when we try to portray us as having it all together uh, none of the members do. None of the the deacons or elders or pastor. Uh, we we are a work in progress, and I thank God for that. He hasn't given up on us.
0: Man, I, I laughed just a, a couple days ago. I heard an old uh, a commentary or an old sermon by R.C. Sproul, and he simply said, um, the church is the only institution in the world uh, that requires you to be a sinner to be involved. And <laughs> he said churches all around the world are full of sinners. What other business or entity requires that? And I kind of laughed, and I said, you know, that's true. That's – we – have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and the one that comes into the church and understands that, he's kind of like the the gentleman you were speaking of, the tax collector that cried out in his time of prayer, mm-hmm. have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said he went home justified. People come to churches, and if they think they got it all together, they're just going to come in and go home. But it's those ones that come into church and know they've sinned, they know they need grace, and, and we have the privileged opportunity to break open the word of God and speak God's truth. Uh, to sinners, not first to them, but first to ourselves, as a pastor writing a sermon, you know this um we we have to preach the sermon, preach the text to ourselves and see, does it run consistent with the word of God? And if not, we got some repenting to do. And, and I've, I have found that doing that with the congregation saying, I'm, this is still a struggle for me. I, I need help with this. And it helps them to identify with me and, and identify with things in themselves that uh, they need to learn to admit and surrender to Christ, uh, to put before the cross and allow his grace and his blood uh, to make it clean and, and to bring change, to, to bring transformation of that area of life. Uh, I love watching that. Um, Sometimes in myself, it's painful. It it is what I like to call growing pains. I remember growing up and having those. And and as we grow spiritually, sometimes when God cuts away – what he never intended for us to have, but we cling to, like a little kid with their blanket, we cling to it, but eventually we learn to let it go. And um, I'm learning to cooperate more and more with how God is at work um, through his word and through Christian brothers or sisters or people in the church that call me on to holiness. And um, I'm growing, I'm learning. I'm not the same guy. It's Martin Luther mm-hmm. King that used to say that. You know, he, he would say something to the effect that um, I'm not all that I should be, but thanks be to God, I'm no longer what I was. That's right. And uh, I find that true for myself.
1: Amen, amen. And so on Sunday, at what time? What time of services? Man,
0: on Sundays, we, we gather uh, for Sunday school. We have a little time of study, uh, and it goes from 9 to 10, and then from 10 to about 1020, 1025, maybe sometimes longer, and the pastor has to have grace for them coming in late to the <laughs> worship service because somebody brought a good dessert. Um, we go from 9 to 10 with Sunday school, 10 to 1025, fellowship in the fellowship hall, and then from 1030 to whenever that preacher gets done preaching. Uh, so 1130, 1145, sometimes when I'm trying to let the other denominations get to to the restaurants faster. I go real long and hold them till 12. But realistically, about an hour, a
1: little over an hour in worship. That must be interesting. Uh, maybe you know when to quit when you
0: start smelling the barbecue, or, or is it throughout the day you you smell the barbecue? It, it, it's painful because uh, when my kids were growing up, my boys, I would come early to church and drop them off at school, and I'd come, and I hadn't had breakfast. Make made sure they ate, but I hadn't eaten. I'd get yeah. to church, and you smell this roasted brisket. You smell the fire. You smell the ribs, and it was punishment man i'd be like that is just not fair my neighbor is not considering me pumping out that wonderful smell but yeah you come to the church you smell barbecue you you develop an appetite for for food but isn't that the way god reaches people he sends the bread of life um not the bread of rudy's but 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 we can use food we can use the gift of food to reach people and i'll tell you what man that that barbecue reaches me almost every morning
1: (laughs) well praise the lord 10 uh 10 30 uh worship time uh, every every Sunday, uh, you come in. But now I want to I want to talk about you. I, I I usually begin talking about you, but we we got off on a, on a different type of conversation today. But tell me about yourself. Um, we talk about how we are not perfect. But tell me, how was your conversion moment? How, are you a PK? Are you from South Texas? What's what's your story?
0: Man, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I am a, a imperfect guy, imperfect pastor, imperfect husband, imperfect dad, um, imperfect man. Uh, that that had the grace of God grab my life and um, gave me a different purpose and meaning. Um, I grew up in uh, northeast San Antonio, out in Converse, grew up in a military family, a humble family. Dad worked many jobs to get us through. Uh, I would say you know, my, my coming to faith was God's plan um, and God's timing. Uh, watched both my parents go from being religious people to authentic followers of Jesus Christ. When I was about fourth grade, they both went on retreats. And I remember going to pick him up, and my mom was crying, oh, and she was so happy. I was like, my mom is never happy. But on this day, she was happy. She was full of joy. She came home, and my sister and I watched her start praying and reading her Bible, not dusting her Bible. She was reading it, yeah. and I was like, something has happened to mom. And, and then about a month later, my dad went, and we went to pick him up, and he was crying. I hadn't seen my dad cry before. And I said, Dad, what did they do to you? Mm-hmm. And, and he said, Son, I, I just know the love of God. I know the grace of God. Wow. And it was powerful, and it planted a seed in me that there's more to – uh, church than the religious activities that we often grow up in and it's forced upon us and we don't understand maybe because we're too immature but uh, when I was a freshman in high school I was blessed to watch a football coach who was the meanest football coach uh, everybody was afraid of him, even the, the, the guys that were older than me and bigger than me, because uh, he was gruff, and uh, Coach Falk over at Kitty Hawk uh, Junior High and Coach Falk went through a transformation God got a hold of his heart, came back to our, our school, started a FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Coach Falk went on to run FCA here in San Antonio for decades and recently moved to louisiana but is still a facebook friend of mine but um he he got me involved in fca i became a president of fca went on a, a trip to estes park colorado and up there in the mountains i was around athletes that were huge i was just a small polish kid with a big head and a big heart and there were a bunch of athletes up there i was just a wannabe athlete with yeah. a great heart for the lord and uh, we heard people come in weekend uh throughout the week giving their faith stories um and man i could just hear God calling me, willing me to this relationship, and, you know, they did altar calls every night, but, uh, man, on one of those nights, I just knew, and the beautiful part was that next morning, I got to go up and hike up in a mountain, sit and be still and know God. It was peace. It was one of those moments you don't want to go back to the real world after, but... And I wish I could say that, man, I just walked that out the rest of my life. And the truth is, man, I walked with the world and walked back into the church and walked back with the world and walked with God. And God never gave up on me. Every time I'd I'd keep wandering into the ways of the world and and college life, professional life, uh, uh, pursuing the things that everybody pursues and and finding some emptiness there. Uh, When I was in my uh, mid-20s, I lost my first son, Garrett. He died 48 days into life, and that was a game changer. Uh, That really made me look at my faith as if – Um, Faith is everything, this faith in Jesus and walking with him and living out my faith. It's everything or it's nothing. It's everything or it's Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. And um, little by little, as I grieved and overcame Garrett's death, um, I went to counseling and a couple of different counselors, you know, and one of the counselors was a secular counselor, and um, I was planning to go to law school at that time. I was been working at a law firm for about eleven years here in San Antonio, um, and and enjoy that. Did was good at it. Did investigative work, and and um, and I knew I watched these guys. I could do this. Uh, right. I, I could, I'm just not making their money. I'm doing their work. I'm not getting paid for it. And and that was my plan. And and then my son died, and it was difficult. And in the midst of the counseling, the counselor told me flat out, you don't need to be a lawyer, you need to be a pastor. And it blew me away. I was like, I paid you for that advice? And he laughed. And And the truth is, I God used that to start wooing me into ministry, wooing me to fulfill um, – a calling that he had on my life all along. And um, little by little, things happened. And I ended up going to seminary for three years. And after that, ended up coming out to the small little church that um, is Leon Springs Presbyterian Church. And at the time, the presbyter over the area told me not to go to that church because it wasn't going to survive. And uh, the former pastor and others told me, hey, man, uh, it may not be here, maybe two or three years. Don't expect it to be around long. And And the only problem was for the people that were discouraging me, God was calling me. And uh, I knew that I was supposed to be there, a gentleman that was dying. um, When I was uh, my last year of seminary, I started preaching out there the last Sunday of the month. And uh, Bert Borman was dying. And he told me, he said, Wayne, um, if this little church can take care of you and your family, I hope you'll come and be the pastor. And but if they can't take care of you and your family, I hope God will take you somewhere else. It blew me away. Here's this big cowboy guy. And he's only got a little bit of life left. And he cared enough for my family to be concerned about them. And I, I saw the heartbeat of God come to me revealing some beautiful truths about the heart of that church. And, um, and I'm still there. They haven't fired me yet. After 16 <laughs> years, we're helping to make and grow disciples on a smaller level than what a lot of bigger churches do. And, uh, what I know is there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Um, I'd love to see greater results, but man, that's up to God as well. But, yeah. uh, getting to be a pastor is a humble honor. Um, getting to open up the word of God and have God, share with you what you get to share with others man I, I just always want god's spirit to lead it and uh more times than not that's what happens i try to get out of the way and keep people out of the way and the spirit's able to do that and in our little church and our little part of the world we're helping to make and grow disciples and for me man, that's what we're called to do yeah
1: leon springs presbyterian presbyterian church leonspringspress.com
0: is your website i'm sure on facebook as well we can find you it's those are there we're using uh, the social media to some extent uh, yeah. we we use the holy spirit a lot more than those but we do have access to information you can google leon springs presbyterian church and it'll pop up you might even see a, a funny picture of myself or others in the church but um, I, I like to say it's a, a church that god continues to reshape and and make when people come I, and they ask questions when they're looking for a church i say man this is a church that is uh is, is continuing to be a new church development What it was last Sunday, it's no longer. God is doing new things, and often churches get locked into one way of thinking. But I know when God brings a new person to the church, that's a new gift that we have to put to use and grow and get to know. And, And then we've got to be able to do the new things that that person has gifts to do. And so using those gifts, we become a new church development Sunday by Sunday and soul by soul. Amen. So if you're listening to us today and you're looking for a relationship with
1: God, you're looking to be part of something, uh, something more bigger than you, I want to invite you, uh, to Leon Springs Presbyterian Church and, uh, to meet with Pastor Wayne. Shake his hand, uh, and maybe he'll let you ring the bell. Uh, (laughs) so San Antonio, hope to see you in church. Get to church this Sunday. God bless you. Pastor Wayne, thank you so much for being on the air with us. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today as we featured
0: our AMC